All right, we're tuned up. We're good. I'm just going to adjust my seat. Yeah, get away from me. 1.5 metres. It still exists. Haven't we been strict in Victoria, though? Pretty strict down here. They've just opened the board. They're opening up some things, New South Wales, Queensland. Mm. WA is basically back onto things. Yeah, but not in Victoria, though. Uh, no, 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 we're, we're just full lockdown. Yeah, full lockdown still. I like it that we, we know we've started this. We didn't even say we were going to start. <laughs> we're away. Uh, we are up to episode seven. Seven? It's seven. We just oh, did yeah. six last year, last, last, <laughs> last week. <laughs> it was definitely friend. this year. All right, here we go. So uh, we're parked up and I'm Grant and you're Tony. Tony. Yep. And... We're going to do another podcast, so let's rip in. I guess our uh, first thing that we can talk about is the uh, fact that you did a pretty ordinary job <laughs> as an online <laughs> simulation race driver. I thought you were going to say pretty awesome job then. I was like, what race were you watching? Because <laughs> it certainly wasn't. Oh, man. I, tell yeah, us, I thought tell this, us about your, your event. Well, I thought this week I'd step out of the commentary box because uh, I probably wasn't doing an amazing job there either and get behind the wheel. So my very first sim race, first Formula 3 race, and yeah, it didn't go to plan whatsoever. So uh, look, I've gone through my excuse book and I've got probably uh, the number one excuse with online racing, and my, which was my internet went down. <laughs> oh, what do you mean internet went down? What do you mean technical problems? They don't happen. Have we ever seen a technical problem in our online competition? <laughs> It wasn't quite as bad as the first broadcast, but uh, look, yeah, I did have some internet dramas and I do blame it on our 1950s WOG-style concrete home because our, our modem is in the office and that's the opposite of the house and the sim is like the furthest room from that. So it does struggle a little bit to get to the sim, but when we were practicing, it was absolutely fine. Got into qualifying and it just had like a massive hissy fit. So no. you'd try and start a lap and then it just sort of like go, nah, you're out. Then you have to get back in. So qualifying was in a like terrible. Where did you qualify? I think 43rd or something. Oh. Like it was literally last. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. terrible. Which was, it was about two seconds off what I'd been doing in practice. So I definitely knew that I'd go faster. I certainly wasn't going to be on pole, but I was sort of hoping for about probably mid-pack. I thought I was probably good for. Anyway, so then we got into the race and my first start went good. Got off the line. There was chaos down the front straight. Of Cars course. just like barrel rolling. There was three separate incidents on the front straight before they even got to the first corner. There yeah. were three separate incidents. These guys can't drive in a straight line. Yeah, and that, that's uh, exactly right. So I, I managed to like scoot past them all. I thought, how good is this? I probably literally picked up 10 cars already. Got through turn two and three. There's cars off to in the distance in the gravel trap upside down. Like it was all happening. And I was just cruising around. I'm not sure where I got up to. And I got like three quarters of the way around the lap. And bang, internet again. Locked me out of the whole race. So then I had to get back in. And I just sat in pit lane for the rest of that race. It was just, it was actually, um, for something that I was doing just for fun, I was highly frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> so no fun was had. No fun was had last night. The second race, the internet was okay, but I got caught up in the first corner incident. So a car got spun and then sort of come flying back across the track and I just yeah, had nowhere to go at all. So 
took a wheel off and then went back to pit lane and had to wait there for about three minutes uh, and then got going again and I think I finished about 30th or something in that race. So pace, uh, you know, it wasn't amazing. I've, I've definitely got to spend a bit more time in the sim. But yeah, it's very much hard, way harder than it looks. And that's probably the biggest thing that I would have learnt last night that, you know, we watch people doing this online racing and think, oh, why don't you do that? Or why don't you break there or whatever? But it's super tricky when you're up against other cars close to try and race wheel to wheel with them without making contact. It's almost impossible. So uh, hats off to the guys and girls that are at the front. I've got some work to do, but, you know, happy to give it a crack and uh, see how I go next week. Yeah, next week. Tony Dealberto can have a uh, yes. second stab at it. That was a bit funny, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, our uh, paint guys put Tony and Delberto on the car, but mm. in the first rendition, they spelt your surname wrong. We might share it on our Facebook page. Yeah, we should, we should. I said, I want to have Delberto on the rear wing so people know who they're following. And then, yeah, the guy that's done the graphics for us is sent it through and it's like Dealberto. D-E-A-L, Dealberto. Yeah. And I had a bit of a it's laugh a because anyone that knows me probably will think that suits me um, down to the ground. <laughs> it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. So sitting in the simulator last night, I didn't really get to see any of the broadcast. How'd it go? Yeah, the broadcast went really well. Noonan and uh, Cameron Vanderdungen were, were great. Everything seemed to go okay. We still got a couple of little things that we mm. need to tune up. But for where we are at, for what investment, which isn't... Um, tiny it's mm. st- there's still a bit of investment there but for, for what we're spending what we're getting i think it's fine it's keeping our australian racing group drivers busy it's keeping their partners mm. engaged as yep. well so it's re- it's serving the purpose and also for the fans it gives something extra on a thursday night for them to to watch enjoy mm. comment on you know like it or don't like it this is kind of all we've got at the moment so yeah you know, you know what though? i think with supercars doing their thing aig doing their thing nascar formula one like there is so much content like almost every day you can tune in to you know and see your favorite race drivers actually racing against each other um, and there's a lot of sort of cross racing as well. So drivers jumping out of you know, a certain category and into another one and racing against guys they haven't before. So it feels like, although the drivers aren't accessible, but it's like they, they are in the, uh, obviously uh, in the online world, but we're seeing them almost more regularly at the moment. So I think everybody's embraced it really well. And if you are into motorsport, it's, you, you're almost in heaven at the moment because there is a heap of it. Every night you can, you can get home from work and tune into something. Yeah, and the, the sim races, the, like the pro sim races, mm. they'd argue that this has been around for a long time and sure. that you could sit back and watch online racing forever and ever, but never really has ha- have they had that profile of the real-life stars doing it as much as they are now. Yeah, and, and no offence to those guys at all because they are... And I know for a fact, <laughs> after my debut last night, they are highly skilled in what they're doing. And that takes, you know, uh, a lot of focus and dedication to doing it and time in the sim. But yeah, we like to see Max Verstappen or Charles Leclerc or, you know, all these guys, Joe Logano, Ambrose in the supercars and all those sort of dudes racing on the online stuff because those are guys who watched in the real world. So that's what has been cool for me to see anyway certainly helped us through this slow parked up oh, period i'm struggling at the moment grant oh, it's going to come back dull, it's it? going to come back soon so just to wrap up with the car sales arg esport cup 
it was our star driver, our guest one-off driver, Oscar Piastri, who took the win, qualified second, went on to win reasonably comfortably. And then in the reverse grid race, it was again Harley Haber, who must have finished about 14th in that first race after getting tangled up, mm-hmm. came back in the reverse grid race to um, comfortably win win that. And he continues to lead the series there. So you can tune in next Thursday on all of the social media platforms like your Facebooks and your YouTubes. So look, while we're the world, our world is all simulation at the moment. Mm. So we thought one of the guests we should bring on is someone who's actually building these simulators. There is no way that any of these simulator companies are getting the JobKeeper. <laughs> no <laughs> Absolutely shot. not. They'd have to be putting on more staff. Like yep. I think Coles and Woolworths would have had to put on, you know, an extra load of staff to yes. deal with it. They're not getting and, it either. And simulator companies are like third most, uh, yeah, you know, second or third most. I mean, we've been talking about the doom and gloom of COVID-19, um, but it's obviously some businesses are you know, doing really well and and helping the public get through this this time. And uh, yeah, we're going to chat to Jack from SimWorks. So they supply a lot of the racing drivers that are really serious about their simulator racing. They're sort of the go-to guys. Um, there's, there's quite a few different places, but I thought it'd be interesting just to hear how busy that they have been during this period. Have they had to get more staff on to try and deal with the workload? I uh, actually was chatting to them today and you know, they've got like 70 pedal boxes on order at the moment. Like people just, they just can't get parts quick enough to actually get them out to people. So huge amount of volume for them and they're just, you know, scrambling, trying to help people, TV screens, you know, steering wheels, the whole shooting match. So they're under the pump big time. By the time they get all these, uh, all the equipment to everybody, hopefully we'll be going again. There'll be uh, a lot of cheap um, used yeah. used once or twice yeah. simulators on the market. I can't see that happening, actually. I can see the sim world now getting... Look, it was, I guess it was always big, but now it's just going to have a little bit more grunt about it, a mm. little bit more relevance yes. for general public. Certainly from a content point of view, I think it's, I think it's great, but from actually that pure driving experience, I think some of the stigma about being an online geeky race driver mm. is, is going to disappear yep. so or has disappeared a, a little bit more. For sure, it's easy to throw stones at um, you know anything online. It is a little bit geeky. Mm. Certainly has been perceived as geeky in the mm. past, but now this period has is going to help it just move to the next level. It's yeah. going to make it cool again. I always thought playing computer <laughs> games was cool anyway. Well, you're obviously a geek then. I certainly am. Don't wear glasses because I can't see. No, I, I, I can't see. I literally can't see. I have to wear the glasses. All right, here we go. So let's have so three cool guests. So we're going to talk to Jack from SimWorks. We're going to talk to Tim Slade, your yep. DJR Team Penske teammate for Supercars. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see if we can convince him to come drive uh, some TCR or S5000 as well. Yep. He hasn't got much else going on. Actually, none of us have anything going on. No. But when we do get going, let's see what he's up to. We might talk to Richard Crail as well. Uh, he runs his own podcast. Maybe he can give us some, <laughs> some tips. But he's been a long-time open-wheel aficionado, commentator. Yeah, Bathurst uh, 12-hour. He's, um, he's been hanging around the sport almost as long as myself. So, And uh, a ripper, dude. Totally ripper. Mm. Pity he lives in South Australia. No offence to our South Australians, but we'll grab him on the line a little bit later on. 
Cool. Who do you want to talk to first? I reckon we might talk to Slade Dog. Let's go. The big Slade Dog. Let's go. And on the line, our first guest on Parked Up for Episode 7 is Tim Slade. Tim, thanks for joining us. No worries. How are we, guys? Yeah, we're all going very good. We uh, don't have too many real race cars to follow, but um, I guess for yourself, it was going to be a a year where you know you didn't have that regular full time supercars thing to do, uh, and you know might have been a, a bit of an easier year. It turns out that everyone's having an easier year. Give us uh, your take on on your coronavirus journey. Um, yeah, I guess it sort of looked as I was going to have a relatively, um, busy year. Um, I've, you know, had the Enduros obviously in the back half of the year and whatever other commitments, um, with the team as far as test days and, and ride days. And it was actually busy in, in, uh, Feb with, with that stuff, did a couple of ride days and, you know, just getting comfortable in the car and then, uh, Bathurst 12 hour, uh, last round of the Asian Le Mans in Thailand with Hub Auto, the GT team that I've done some stuff with the last couple of years. And then, yeah, I was planned, well, meant to do Le Mans 24 hour race and then the rest of the Intercontinental GT Championship. So there was always going to be a gap there for me, sort of between February and I guess the, the end of May for Le Mans. But it turned out, yeah, that there, there was a little bit of potential to, to maybe do some TCR stuff and, um, and some Australian GT stuff. So, yeah, it was looking looking good in that that gap was going to be filled and it was going to be a you know uh, a pretty busy sort of back half of the year. But yeah, it's all pretty quiet at this stage. But still, uh, I guess the big thing it's still unknown. Like no one knows what's what's going to happen. But if I guess what is being projected or predicted, then it's still likely to be uh, well probably even busier back half of the year. Look, we can only hope. We we definitely want to go back <laughs> racing. We definitely want to have some real sports and, and real world stuff return. The the TCR Australia stuff for yourself would have been great, particularly for uh, in my role at uh, the Australian Racing Group, looking after the media management, um, you know, having guys like uh, Tony D, having Garth Tander, James Moffat, Michael Caruso, you know, potentially yourself, that's a, um, a pretty cool lineup. How serious is that TCR possibility and um and what do you sort of like and think about the category um yeah well i guess i mean it's not a um i guess the the priority for me is is um you know supercar enduros and then after that is the the gt side of things um just because they're the income streams for me and then yeah i mean tcr is is something that you know i've had a bit of interest in since you know, since it, I guess, was first being formed and having done some overseas racing, particularly in Asia in the last couple of years, you know, I've sort of got to know the, the category a little bit abroad. So, yeah, it's been good to see, um, you know, the growth of it here and just something different. And I guess I like it too because I see it as another pathway for, for young guys coming up through the ranks. You know, I guess as youngsters, we always... Uh, well, most of us have the dream of going overseas and racing in Formula One. And then if, if that doesn't work, then there's supercars. But that's pretty hard to, to break into in this day and age if you don't have a, some big dollars behind you. And then, you know, there's the, the Porsche route, which has been pretty successful for, you know, a few Australians along the way. And then I see the TCR thing as being another good thing for young guys. So, 
yeah, I, I guess, you know, I wasn't sort of chasing it super hard, but there was some people that I've, I guess, spoken to since the sort of end of last year. And I guess seeing, you know, what they could put together, what I could put together. And, you know, if, if something could come together on both sides, then, yeah, we would have gone and, and done some racing. But, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens when things get back underway this year. Slay Dog, uh, you had uh, a lot of plans, as you've mentioned there, on the racing front, but on the home front, uh, little baby boy on its way. So congratulations to yourself and Danny. Congrats, mate. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. A lot of change this year, change of jobs, change of house, and <laughs> got a baby on the way. Yeah, it's almost sort of giving you a bit of a chance to catch your breath in many ways, uh, spend a bit of time at home. and. Yeah, you know, be on that journey with Danny because uh, being the first child, there's, it's uh, all very foreign and new, but super exciting as well. So when's the baby due, mate? Well, we, we, we've got a dog. It's not that much different to a dog, is it? <laughs> you wait. You wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, end of September. I think the actual date is the 28th. Um, yeah, so, perfect. Uh, yeah, time, timing-wise, if, if things do get back underway, um, Danny, Danny might be solo for a little bit. Oh, mate, uh, if you need me to come up and, you know, be there, then just let me know, all right? Because it sounds like you're going to be away that time at some point. Uh, well, I'm, I'm tipping you'll be away with me. <laughs> no, well, I was going to say that uh, now the Le Mans stuff, that's a bit of a shame that uh, at the moment it's looking like clashing with Tail and Bend. Uh, that's a bit of a shame because obviously it's a dream to, to get an entry into that race and you achieve that with Hub Auto. So you're very much looking forward to that race. You know, potentially things could change. Uh, have you heard any more on that front? Yeah, um, I, I was pretty pissed off <laughs> when I woke <laughs> up and, and read that news story the morning that that was announced. And then, yeah, I was sort of that way for, I don't know, three hours and then i thought well who who knows what's actually going to happen yeah at both ends like as far as overseas with with the race and then who knows what's going to happen back here so there's kind of no point worrying about you know something that's so far away and Mm. yeah outside of your control and and anything can still happen so um yeah if it does end up clashing then yeah it is it is disappointing but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. But yeah, for sure to be a, a you know a dream come true and definitely a, a bucket list race. And it's not something that you know you get the opportunity to do. Well, yeah, I mean it could be the thing that I guess um, bugged me is that it you know if it is a once in a lifetime opportunity mm. um, because it's not there all the time and you miss it, then yeah, it'd be um, a big disappointment. But yeah. Whatever, there's, uh, there's plenty going on in the world that's uh, mm. worse than me missing out on that. So yeah. in, in saying that, though, you are partnering up with championship leader Scotty Mack in uh, the DJR Team Penske car. So it's not a bad substitute, really. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, it's, you know, that's definitely my priority is to um, you know, try and get the best results possible with with scotty and 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 the team and um whatever else i can fit in around that is a bonus yeah for sure the thursday brewing we want to touch on that because at the moment you know it's just it's so easy because we are locked down to go and grab a beer um (laughs) so yeah it's probably saving you a little bit of money that you've got your own brewing company and uh distributing uh the the brew thursday brewing how did all that sort of come about well, I'm still paying for them because I can't just <laughs> You're not as keep, much. Keep, keep 
emptying it out, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, true. Not as much, but you know, there's lot, lots of overheads with uh, with canning canning beers. So that's so not as <laughs> it's, uh, doesn't. Uh, it's not as good as it seems, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a super super tough industry, but no, it's um just uh. So I live Mermaid Beach, uh, well Mermaid Waters now on the uh, on the Gold Coast, and then a couple of Mermaid Beach lads um, originally started it um you know made up the recipe and and just got it um uh contract brewed at a, a brewery up in in brizzy and um it's now made it at black ops on the on the gold coast which all makes the production side uh, a little bit easier mm-hmm. and then we just rent a little bit of space somewhere else for cold storage so yeah it's all, all stored there and yeah there's what two think six of us um another one that's um in on the company is Lockie weller who plays for the sons and then another close mate and the, the two original guys so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's it's sort of you know it's just a, a small investment it's it's a bit of fun and and low risk and mm. um yeah it's all i guess like a lot of things at the moment pretty slow because um yeah you know all the Pubs and uh, restaurants and, and yeah. yeah are all shut down at the moment, so yep. there's no no kegs being moved. Mm. But um, yeah, a few little mate steals here and there for some for some cases, so still moving a little bit. Very good, very good. Now we've uh, we've been teammates before in the super cheap auto days, and I just yeah. want to share a little story, Grant. A little story, mate. This is good. I like stories. I remember when I drove what have we got? drove with Slay Dog. No, it's a, just a little off the cuff sort of funny story. <laughs> We're like obviously the same height, but Slay Dog's a bit skinnier than me, and uh, we. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're just going. And we're in a debrief one day, and so the engineers were checking out how the ergonomics was in the car. And uh, I said, "Look, I'm I'm literally squashed in this seat like a sardine. Honestly, like I'm so tight in there. Could we do anything about it?" And Slady pipes up and he goes, yeah, you could go for a run. (laughs) I was like, yeah, fair enough. There you have it. Simple solution, guys. (laughs) I mean, that is one of the challenges that you do face sharing cars with people and for different body types and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But driving with Slady, we had literally exactly the same seating position. I can't say that I have that now with Fabs. And and uh, you're going to have exactly the same thing too. with Scotty, yeah. How did you uh, find that at the first test? Like you, you got a, a pretty big insert similar to myself. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, like you know, I think of Fabs as a tall dude, mm. um, but then I don't know. I think of Scotty as just I don't know, pretty. Like he's obviously not short, but I just I, I think of his him as normal. But yeah, sit in his seat, and I uh, feel like a little kid sitting in in their in their dad's car kind of thing so um yeah definitely need a, a fair bit i guess up and forward so yeah the first seat we did uh, it's so hard because you pour a seat in the workshop and you're like yep we've nailed it it's really good and then as soon as you drive out onto the track you're like oh no this uh this isn't gonna work so mm. I, it was sort of good enough to you know get through a ride day and then the first test day but yeah doing some longer runs at the the first test day was was pretty difficult. I was using just about every muscle in my body to uh, to stop myself from falling out of the seat. So yeah, definitely gonna have to do another one. And it's just yeah, like I said, it's it's hard to kind of I guess when we get limited 
running in the car, it's hard to do something in the workshop and then you've only got, you know, a few opportunities to, to get it bang on before you go racing. But I guess there's some sacrifices that you need to make as a co-driver. And, you know, Scotty's been pretty accommodating, like we haven't moved anything yet, but, you know, he's, I guess, more than open to, to moving anything to, to get me a bit more comfortable. So it's good in that respect. Many nerves heading they into... Should, should, should should just be like a GT car. They should just have bloody adjustable pedals or something. It'd be far safer than pouring seat inserts. Yeah, 100% on that one. Is that well, something you over... think supercars or, or, you know, any category that has, you know, two driver regulations should look into? I, I think so. I mean, I'm never really one for speaking out and, you know... This is your forum. This is your forum. Or, <laughs> or anything, but um, I, I think definitely because safety... You know, whenever a new car, well, motor racing these days, whether it's the, the circuit or anyone that's involved, like safety comes first. And I, I really feel that, you know, having an adjustable, well, mo- I think most of the, the GT cars have adjustable pedal boxes rather than seats. And I presume that's the safest thing to do is I think that's far safer than having like, say, if you've got, you know, someone like TD and, and Fabs teaming up and they're not. You know, they're not the first, they won't be the last. It's a mismatch in size like that in all the different categories around the world. I think it's, yeah, far safer than having a massive seat insert where you don't get the protection from the seat. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think so, but I, I don't know how that, that could be brought up or yeah. whatever. I guess you just speak to the right right person and, you know, suggest that for the for the next car whenever that may be. Yeah, I mean, one thing that saves me with driving with Fabs is he's actually got a seat that sort of uh, wraps around him a little bit further, so it sort of allows my insert to come out. So I'm actually still within the seat, but if he just had a generic sort of race tech seat, I probably would be sitting out of the seat quite a bit, which I don't think is actually legal. So um, it's, it's good that he has that, but, yeah, totally agree that if the, you know, GT cars that are... It's a worldwide formula have adopted that sort of, you know, pedal box and steering and all that sort of stuff. I'm not yep. sure why we can't either. So maybe down the yeah. track, it'd definitely make the driver changes that little bit easier because, you know, carting an insert in and out, you know, and all that have the seat belts on bungees anymore and all that sort of stuff. So it makes it pretty tricky to, to do a really slick stop with a big insert. Um, yeah. That's why I'm trying There's to that, have that a, side of it too, but I think it's just more so the safety side of things and mm. just the the ease or mm. well, the, the making it comfortable as well basically yep. comfortable and and safety and then yeah makes the pit stops easier like you say so i think there's definitely a few reasons why to be beneficial on it and you know it wouldn't be that difficult to do because it's been done before so mm. yeah for sure all right mate well we'll leave you to it uh no problem to enjoy your weekend and yep. uh you know your time your downtime at the moment, cop a, grab a bit of sun, do a bit of exercise, mate, go for a ride. I know you like your bike riding. Yeah. That's just that's just normal life, though. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, it's like six um, degrees here today uh, in yeah, Melbourne. That's, the Gold Coast is still going strong. <laughs> Mid-20s, it's good. Yeah, good for you. Thanks for bringing that in. Show, shows who the smart ones are, you know. <laughs> Tim Slade, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up and we look forward to seeing you back behind the wheel of a race car uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. 
worries. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Well, great to talk to Tim Slade, uh, your teammate for in the DJR Team Penske operation for those uh, for those big old supercars that you'll race hopefully later on this year if they do two driver races. Maybe they'll just do the Bathurst One Thousand single driver race just to just to cut down the numbers of the people there. What do you think about that? I don't like that because uh, I get paid per event, so. That'd be a lot, actually, for one event. That'd almost be a record if I got paid fully for that. But, yeah, great to chat with Slady. He had a really busy year lined up with his uh, GT stuff, obviously DJR Team Penske, uh, maybe some you know TCR stuff as well, potentially having a baby, moving house. Like, it was a big year for Slade Dogs. So, oh, it is a big year. Um, so, yeah, great to chat. Um, but now we're going to catch up with Jack Claver from Simwork. So he's the CEO of the company, and uh, just a, it's a company close to us. So just in Lewisdale, just around the corner from where we are. Um, so a local company that you know really produces a fantastic simulator, very realistic. Uh, and at the moment, those guys got their backs against the wall and just swimming, trying to uh, get the, these simulators out to the market. Yep, I can, we can only imagine they'll be busy. Let's see how busy they are. Let's get Jack on the phone, press those numbers. And it's great that we have peeled away Jack and Luke Claver from Simworks. They're absolutely beavering away, making simulators for uh, basically every Australian race driver known to man at the moment. Jack and Luke, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. No problem, mate. Thank you for uh, contacting us. So tell us about your uh, your great product and the uh, excessive demand that uh, we can only imagine your business has been forced upon due to uh, the current situation the world faces. Yeah, well, look, we've been going about 16 years now. So um, from humble beginnings to, um, to the point now where it's ramped up to the stage where we can't make them quick enough. The demand on our sims for the uh, e- the new eSports series that have popped up has been quite incredible. Like the turnover for last month, that's April, uh, was about one and a half times what it was last year. Amazing. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, but it does present a few challenges for us because, uh, hey, it's just sourcing product at the moment, like computers, screens, monitors, TV, you know, the large TVs that we normally use, they've all been stripped off the shelves as well. So my days are basically uh, filled with sniffing around, trying to uh, source all, all, all the normal equipment we would uh, normally fit. So in a norm, um, in in uh, in a normal period, normal uh, workings, you know, pre virus, how many staff did you have? How many how many staff have you had to add on to to meet the demand? Um, we've put on three. Well, we run pretty mean and lean um, because we do have a lot of subcontractors and also our suppliers like laser cutters and foldings and powder coating and painting. All the various processes and CNC machining, all those processes are done. Like we design everything in house, and then source out all the cutting and folding and, and finishing, and then it all comes back in and uh, we start assembling. So there's a myriad of parts that goes to make up these simulators. 
and uh, if any one or two are missing, uh, it becomes an issue. So, Boys, uh, yeah. um, and Luke, you can chime in here if you like, mate. Um, yeah, no dramas. Would you say that you're not eligible for JobKeeper? Would that be safe to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. <laughs> no, we've, uh, I don't think I've done a, a normal eight-hour day for the last month. It's um, been quite a, quite a lot of overtime and, and uh, yeah, long long days and long weeks. Trying to service all these pesky race drivers that want your fabulous <laughs> gear, uh, which is myself they're included. Demand, very demanding, I must say. Yeah. Myself included, I've uh, been on the bandwagon and uh, trying to pimp up my simulator. So I've got a hyper simulator, which is quite old, and I'm trying to get some better running gear. And uh, you guys are kindly helping me with some pedals. Now, there's obviously yeah, a lot yeah. of work that goes into sort of you know, building these pedals, but how do you sort of uh, refine them in many ways? You know, what makes the difference between a good set of pedals and a set that aren't as uh, realistic or give you the feedback? Yeah, so um, dealing obviously with a lot of race car drivers and teams and all that sort of thing, we get a lot of good feedback. So we, you know, build something that we think is very close to the real real thing and then get the feedback from the drivers and team owners and managers on where we can improve and all that sort of thing. So that's why our controls are to the level they are is, because the guys that use them and the feedback we get from them to uh, to improve and just to get the small details um, right, basically. Yeah, and I'll just chime in here as well. Um, you have to build in some adjustability as well because um, uh, every driver is different mm. insofar as specifically the brake pedal. I think we were discussing it a bit earlier, Tony, uh, it's the most important Pedal, the pedal set. Yeah, I'm so happy that you um, said that. I'm so thrilled because <laughs> on the um, Formula 3 race that I did with the um, CarStars ARG eSport Cup, that's the biggest thing that I struggled with was braking, trying to be consistent with that. I'd either under-brake or I'd you know, overdo it, slow down too much. I was locking tyres on trailing the brake to the corner. I, I just couldn't feel it and I couldn't be consistent. So... When you said that, my ears yep. pricked up because I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling with this and I'm hoping that these pedals are going to help me out and, you know, hopefully you can find me some speed but also just a bit more consistency. Yeah, so that is probably the main thing you will find, I find anyway myself, with the high-end pedals and steering systems is just your consistency. Like with the cheaper stuff, you can still put in a quick lap but doing it over and over and over and over lap after lap is where you will struggle. Mm. So with, with your good high-end steering wheels and high-end pedals, yeah, just really builds your consistency and able, able to put in decent laps without having to, you know, lock wheels every second corner or yep. run wide and have just have no feel or no feedback. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the difference in the drivers, Scotty McLaughlin, his pedal is like rock hard. Mm. Absolutely rock hard. And... Uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener for me, but like Rick Kelly and Lee Holsworth come in, they like it softer. Because mm. I thought, oh, all V8 supercar drivers would be the same. But mm. no, it's not. That's not the case at all. Yeah, I've been um, lucky so enough luckily, to drive both those cars. So Fabs's car and Scott's. 
and that's exactly yep. how Scott has his uh, real race car. Is that the pedal is very heavy, um, so that's how he's had yep. it when he was at GRM and when he went to DJR. You know, he's carried it across. He's obviously really comfortable with that. And when we um, use the sim at DJR, you literally—it's like giving you a leg workout. It's, it's um, that heavy, but obviously it works for him, and he's comfortable with it. But you're right; every driver mm. does need that sort of adjustability within their sim to try and, you know, bring out the strengths of the drivers and what they what they like or how they like to drive the car. And uh, these sims yeah. are so realistic now that you need it to to suit the driving style of the driver. Yeah, well, sim race has become an arms race. You know, everybody wants the better equipment because uh, it's becoming a lot more prominent. And when it, now it's on TV as well, nobody wants to run at the back. <laughs> so they're all looking for it's like real world motorsport. They're all looking for those, you know, milliseconds of differences here and there. I, I need a couple of seconds. Um, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So well, tell it'll be me, interesting to see what difference uh, when you introduce that pedal set. What do you think the future of sim racing is in a in a world when we do get to go back to real car racing? How much do you think this coronavirus lockdown situation is going to affect or benefit the sim racing world? It'll be an ongoing thing now. Um, in desperation, supercars that were looking for something to keep the exposure happening for all their sponsors and the teams and the drivers. So they happened across, you know, the eSports um, product. And I think they've been quite shocked as to how successful it's been. Like their, their viewing audience is pretty much the same as what they get for a, a real round of the series. So, um, and in some cases, it's a whole new audience as well. You know, they're attracting a different sort of, I suppose, enthusiast or spectator to uh, to their product. So I think it'll keep going from here. It's, it's got such a high profile now. Yeah, um, we, we tend to agree as well. And, and that's exactly why um, AIG have done the same thing with uh, their sim racing also, to, you know, to keep their drivers um, racing, keep their eye in, but also keep all their partners um, that are investing money in the championship around and happy and engaged. You know, I, I can't see it I going so, away yeah. once we go racing again either. Yeah, well, everybody's talking about it, of course. And um, MPC with uh, Chelsea Angelo mm. and Garth Tander um, and, well, Jeff Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> Good yeah. Name, Jeff yep. Johnson. Um, he's joined the series, I think, hasn't he? Now? Yeah, so Jeff's um, sharing the driving with, uh, with Stephen. And same with um, Ben and Jason Barguana, they're sort of alternating nights as well. So it's really cool to actually see some of these drivers having a go. We've got Aaron Seaton as well, who keeps changing his race suit every week, which is pretty cool. But I actually had a go in the MPC SimWorks simulator, um, which is literally like the best one out there. Is that right, boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, no argument there. That's like full fruit, that one. That's got everything. <laughs> Um, it's awesome, like how realistic it is. And I think that shows in the way that Garth has adapted to online racing because he hasn't really done anything in the past. And to be able to jump on, he's won a race, he's, he has been quite competitive in the championship. And it's, it's really not that easy to pick it up if you haven't done it before. And I think because of the feedback yeah. he's getting through the sim, you know, that's why he's actually been able to 
you know, go pretty well in the championship. And I, I did talk to him about it, and he was talking about at the Grand Prix, how he did some laps prior to driving the TCR car at the Grand Prix. And I think it was within about a yeah. tenth of a second of what he did on the sim compared to what he did in, in real life. So that just shows how yeah. far these simulators have come. Yeah, and the ARG series of the TCR cars, I mean, there's that many different manufacturers in it, you know, that also attracts a different audience as well. So, well, personally, I, I think, you know, they've, they've hit on something here and I think it'll be uh, an ongoing ongoing thing. And sometimes when you look at it, especially in car shots, it's like, is this real or mm. is this virtual? Yeah, um, it's something back in your head. Um, you know, the, the quality of the software as well is uh, it's come ahead in leaps and bounds over the years. It's at a very professional level now. It certainly is. So, it's certainly come a fair way since I was playing the original Jeff Crammond Grand Prix game back in the early 90s. Um, yeah. It looks, yeah. A, looks a uh, yeah. fraction fraction different. Um, so just yeah, to... Yeah. Grand Prix Legends. What, what, oh, yeah, Grand Prix Legends. I, I struggled with that, I must say, when I first started. An absolute classic. <laughs> So what's the next big step for simulation? Is it is it the hardware that you guys are involved in or is it the software like the iRacing, the set of courses, um, the the GT Sports on, on your PlayStations? Where, where's the next big leap? It's hard to... Like the, the level that it's at now, improvements are going to be incremental. You're not going to have like a quantum leap all of a sudden in, in one direction because... I don't think it's there. Probably more laser scan circuits, I would think. Mm, yeah, I think more software and hopefully more more tracks. So more more Australian tracks would be nice, obviously, because iRacing is probably the best the best software for for the laser scan tracks and everything. So if they could do more of them, that would be nice. But I think I think biggest jump will be in software. You know, there's, Obviously, us and there are other companies out there that are doing, you know, really good good stuff hardware-wise. So I can't see big leaps in the hardware going much better than where it's at. But I really think the software can still has still got quite a quite a room to grow. Like we're development never stops. We're always refining and developing different things to to add on, and with a view to it has to be really good quality because the market expectations now um you know they if you bring out something that's probably you know not a hundred percent you they'll let you know <laughs> and it never stops the development never stops so i'm not sure where it's all going to lead in the end but um it's at a high level now so you know i, I don't expect like i said before quantum leap on the hardware side and Luke says probably more on the software side. Yeah, terrific. Well, look, we've all really enjoyed all of the esports that we've that we've seen in uh, in in supercars in ARG's own series, Formula One, NASCAR. Just before we let you go, I could imagine that you guys would be pestered by race car drivers, uh, particularly the drivers operating at the the, the top level, uh, about getting free stuff all the time. <laughs> Has this has this given you guys the opportunity to uh, to finally make them pay for uh, pay for their stuff, or are they still asking for freebies? Uh, I'll let you answer that one, Louis. <laughs> so, you know, it's really hard these days to be able to give 
give stuff away because obviously your bills and everything are still coming in. So you, you still have to have the money money coming through. But um, as you know, we don't do really any advertising as such. So our advertising is through the, the guys who are using our equipment, basically. You know, so if we're getting good feedback and the top guys are want to use our equipment, then obviously we try and help them out as, as best we can, but without, you know, without crucifying ourselves, basically. Well, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, don't don't be afraid to. I agree uh, with that. Don't, don't be afraid to send these these uh, race drivers invoices. Uh, uh, look, yeah, we love no. we, we love what you guys are doing for for the sport. While we've uh, while we've been trapped in our in our homes, it's given uh, everyone the opportunity to to see and almost feel the um, these these cars driving around and seeing our our heroes running around tracks that we didn't think we'd ever see these uh, these guys race around. So it's it's great. Um, real racing is obviously always cool, but uh, sim simulated racing is going to take on a uh, a new lease of life. We have we have no doubt. So um, appreciate all your efforts in making sure everyone's kitted up. So with that, we'll uh, we say thank you and thank you so much, boys, for joining us on Parked Up. Yeah, no dramas. Thank you for the call. Thanks for the call, Tony, and we'll, uh, um, we'll be in touch, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. No, thank you very much, boys, for coming on. Send him that invoice. Send him that invoice. So great to have Luke and Jack from Simworks Simulators join us. They certainly won't be troubling the ATO anytime soon. Definitely no need, as you said, Tony, for... Job keeper that they'll be using the job seeker and tapping into some of the hundreds of thousands of people who just don't have jobs at the moment. But um, they're playing a an incredible role in making sure that all the race drivers and even new sim owners are getting their racing fix while we while we've been down. Yeah, exactly right. Those guys obviously. They've been around it a long time. They understand the product. They understand what the the sim drivers are looking for. And you know what? You don't actually need a full SimWorks rig to, to actually use their product. So for instance, for myself, you know, I've got an old hyper sim and I'm gonna use their pedals and sort of try and pimp up my sim to hopefully some of the hardware is, is gonna be much better than what I currently have. Little story though, after last night's race on the car sales ARG Sport Cup, and it didn't go to plan as we've spoken about. The first people that I emailed at 10.30 last night, Jack and Luke. <laughs> I said, guys, how far away are these pedals? You know, I need every little bit of help that I can get my hands on right now. And I'm just really hoping that it, it provides me with that sort of feedback that I'm looking for and make it a bit more realistic like a race car because obviously I've been around racing for a long time, but this sim world is just completely new to me and I feel like a, a fish out of water. Well, you don't look like one. Right, okay, from a uh, simulated world, let's go to the real world. And one guy who has been involved in the sport almost as long as myself, I think we actually almost joined the sport around the same time in the media fraternity, it's Richard Crail. He's been involved in public relations. He's been involved in commentary. He does some media and marketing. He now runs his own news website. It's, it's, he'll say it's not news, but it is kind of uh, it is kind of news. We'll talk to him about the race talk and a whole bunch of other things. He's going to be the official commentator for the S5000 
Championship. So once again, for the umpteenth year, looking forward to working with Richard again. Let's touch base with him. He's one of these filthy South Australians as well. Let's give him a call. And our final guest for this episode of Parked Up is the great man, the great South Australian, Richard Crail. Richard, thanks for joining us. Grant, Tony, g'day. I'd like to say you've saved the best for last, but I absolutely cannot back that up. I will try and uh, entertain, however. You're the best in our eyes. Now, look, mate, we miss your face. We haven't been going racing. We haven't been at racetracks. It's probably the longest little stint since I have not seen you in a, uh, you know, in many, many, many years. So um, just give us a little bit of a update on yourself, your coronavirus story and, and being trapped in the, uh, in the Barossa down there. Yeah, well, it's a hardship being uh, trapped in Australia's premier wine region, as you can imagine. So where every single winery... <laughs> The four craft breweries, the gin places are all doing free household deliveries. So, uh, yeah, it's it's You're been a massive kidding. challenge. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. So the, what have the, you ordered? Uh, actually, there's a couple of good. I'm on the beers at the moment because the weather's only just just turned to for me to get into red wine drinking. So I like red wine in winter when it's cold and it warms your soul. Um, but there's a local brewery that are doing a mixed carton, so you can get whatever you want of their range. They're called Ren Beer, Google them, uh, for 65 bucks, which I reckon's a bloody good deal, and they deliver to your door. So I've become very good friends with them over the last six weeks, and uh, that's my drop of choice. Actually, Grant, you mentioned you haven't seen me for a while. I worked it out, and, and I don't know what possessed me to do this, but this is the longest period, and this could be a sad commentary on my life or a good one, uh, this is the longest period I haven't been to a racetrack since I started working professionally in motor racing at the end of the 2004 season. It's amazing. Mm. That is, uh, it's mm. amazing. It's been, it's been too long, but it's, it's going to come good. We're, uh, we're not going to be too yeah, far well, away. And when we do go racing, uh, there's a great job for you there to call some real fast, big, loud, open wheel S5000 race cars going around track as the co-lead caller for the VHT S5000 championship. You've had a long history with open wheel racing. You know, you did the media and commentary stuff for Formula 3 and you did that for many, many years. And I know your ears pricked up when S5000 came to life, uh, you know, just over 12 months ago. So how much are you looking forward to, you know, getting back and calling big, loud, single-seat open-wheel race cars. Yeah, properly, mate. I, I can't wait. And S5000 for me is the category that Australia's needed for a long time. And, and as much as I love Formula 3 and it was a massive part of my life and indeed the early parts of my professional career as well, the, the cars the cars were great. They were properly quick, but they, they never grabbed people's attention, even to the extent that Formula Holden did when I was a bit younger and growing up. But... My my open wheel background, and as you know, Grant, a lot of the people that you and I worked with grew up in Adelaide during the Australian Grand Prix. So big open wheelers and properly cool open wheelers, that great era of Formula One in the 80s and 90s, is in the background of what got a lot of us into motorsport in the first place. So for me, it was always open wheelers first and touring cars second. Um, so I, I've been hanging out for something like this and then the, the other part that makes it cool for me, and I know for you as well, is that we've both had the good fortune of working for Chris Lambden in a former life when he ran Motorsport News. Um, so there's a personal connection there with the guy that came up with this 
crazy idea for this brilliant category and has seen it through all the trials and tribulations to get it to the track. So there's a real personal connection for me in this category as well. But I'm I'm a passionate open wheel fan. I wish more people in Australia were. And I think S5000's got the chance to do that and to convert people. And you only have to see the reaction at Sandown last year at the Bend. And then even that brief little teasing taste test we got at Albert Park to, to see that it might actually do that. The early signs are great. The competition's going to be good. Cars look corn. They sound great. They're quick, hard to drive. And the group of drivers assembled are terrific as well. So I think it ticks all the boxes. And I, I think as, as much as anything, it's going to make really good TV, which I'm really excited to get stuck into. Krause, we've uh, spoken to a couple of the drivers from S5000, one in particular, Thomas Randall, and he sort of spoke about how difficult these cars are to drive. They've really sort of captured that S5000 or Formula 5000 sort of concept of, you know, big power, under-tired, hard tyre, not much aero as well. And I think that's what's going to make it quite exciting to watch. You know, the drivers are going to have to really work hard uh, to you know, keep the cars on track for for one, but also to to race close to somebody um, because the aero is not as big, um, they should be able to achieve that. So we're going to see close racing, but the cars moving around quite a bit. So for a, from a spectator's point of view, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I agree, Tony. And it it goes back to what I was saying about growing up with that amazing era of Formula One, where yes, they had heaps of aero, but it was probably forty percent of what they've got today. They had V10 engines that revved to 18,000 RPM. They had 900 horsepower. They moved around a lot. They didn't have great tyres. Um, and they were, they were visibly very exciting cars. Nine times out of ten in that era, though, the races weren't that great. But if you were at the track especially, it didn't matter because mm. the product and watching the cars being hustled around was so spectacular. And I completely agree with you on the point of S5000. And you could sit there and watch, and I have done so at, at when they've been testing or whatever, and watching these cars pound around on their own, one car on the racetrack. But it's a visceral thing, and yeah. motorsport motorsport needs to make sure it maintains that nature because I don't I don't know about you guys, and feel free to tell me, it's what grabbed me in as a kid was standing on the inside of the Brabham Straight at Adelaide or standing on the fence at Malala and watching the touring cars and, yeah. and even Formula Holden and you feel it in your chest and the hair on the back of your neck gets up and you have to yell at your mum and dad because it's so noisy. That's what the sport's about for me. And that's what S5000 does in every single aspect. They look great, sound epic. I I don't know if you noticed, did you hear them at the Grand Prix in that Mm. practice and qualifying session on the Thursday when they were spread out around Albert Park, there was like this deep, sort of resonance in the air. Like it sounded miles better than Formula One does there. It like it, it almost, and I hate to use the cliche, but it almost felt like it shook the earth in yeah. a way. It was a really, really special sound. And when we get to Phillip Island, the Bend, yeah. e- even country tracks like Winton, it, it's going to be a, a real spectacle. Yeah, we're we're all very much looking forward to seeing that. And it's been a, a, an amazing concept that has come to life. And hats off to everyone behind the scenes because you know when you probably first you know spoke about bringing these cars to life and creating this championship most people probably look at you a little bit strange like oh we need another championship Mm -hmm. but it's very different and i think for those that are passionate about car racing this is um you know the the sound and 
it's just completely different to anything else we've got within the country. So that's where I see the big difference there. But Krause, a lot of the drivers have been doing sim racing and we've spoken about it a fair bit tonight on the show. And, And that's, you know, to get the drivers, get their eye in, keep them in shape and keep them in form. But I was just wondering, uh, as a commentator, do you practice commentating? Do you say, you know, <laughs> Richard Crowell here, I'm about to grab a beer from the fridge or a red wine? You know, what do you do to uh, keep you yourself sharp? Oh, no, he's drunk that bottle of 2015 Shiraz <laughs> in two hours. What's going on there? Uh, good, good question. Uh, no, I don't. Um, it's, it, it's very hard to practice because the best thing about calling motor racing any sport is that it's spontaneous so you're reacting Mm. to whatever's going on in front of you um and that's what i love about it and i i love doing live tv in particular as compared to when you might go and do a post-produced tv show later on because you know the result you know Mm. oh so-and-so is going to crash into so-and-so on lap five or tony gabberto is going to break the lap record on lap 10 11 and 12 and fire it off the road on the last lap and lose (laughs) or what what, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I just pulled that out of the air. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what I love about it. I, I think the key to it is pre- preparation beforehand. So mm. you can't rehearse it, but you can prepare as much as you can. So even in this last six-week period, I've just been tweaking notes, building databases, just doing as much research as you can when the opportunity permits so that when you roll out, at the next round, wherever that may be, I can go in S5000. Okay, here's Tim Macro. He's won three Australian F3 championships. He's won this many Gold Star races, Australian Drivers' Championship. Um, his dad, Pete, raced here and there. Mm. Um, Bathurst 68 with the Holden Dealer team. You can have this stuff on the tip of your tongue and in the back of your mind so it informs what you're talking about more. Mm. So don't practice. It uh, doesn't work, but certainly the research side of it is probably the most important thing that I like to do well. Yeah, nice. What else have you been up to besides from the racing side of things? Uh, you know, you got your own podcast, uh, you got your website. Uh, yeah. You've been keeping yourself busy with other, other things? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, 90% of my, my work is centered around there being car racing on. So when all this happened and events started getting postponed i was pretty nervous about where things would be but it's been pleasantly surprising a you you, there's some really ripper people in this sport who ring up and go hey you know that project we were talking about doing 12 months down the road why don't we'll get you to do that now so we give you some work give you some income so there's been a few instances like that which is terrific um but yeah, we've we've been working really hard on our website. Um, I'll, I'll plug it at uh, theracetalk.com. We've we've actually, believe it or not, in a month of there being exactly zero car races, we've just had our biggest ever month of traffic. So I don't know if that's just because people are bored and they've got nothing better to do, but it's terrific for us. Um, podcast on the grid uh, going every week, and uh, certainly lots of talk about some ARD categories in that as much as we can, which would be excellent. Um, yeah, so just trying to not be um, trying to not be bored, and I think so far reasonably successfully, which is great. Yeah, well, we love uh, we love tuning in. I certainly love tuning in. I'd certainly like you to obviously write some more stories about our ARG classes, uh, but um, the the race talk has definitely taken on a a little life of its own. Just before we grabbed you on the phone here, I called it a news website, and I know how much you will absolutely hate that, but. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, essentially it is it is news, but it's news that you do you know slightly differently for for our sport. Tell us the philosophy behind the race talk. Well, the the whole thing started when a good colleague of ours, Mark Walker, and I were discussing the state of social media around motor racing, and not the stuff that you're producing or I'm producing or the the professionals in the game, but the commentary from generally uninformed people who don't know the full story. So we we started this site as a bit of a bit of a I don't know a, an opportunity to try and counteract that with with some informed opinion, some informed analysis from people in the sport that actually know what's going on and can expand on a topic to try and stop some of this uh, overblown commentary that some fans go, oh that's rubbish, he did this, oh it's why are they racing there? They've got no idea what they're doing. Um, and it, from there, it's sort of gone and taken a life of its own in that we do some feature content, some long-form feature stuff, which the news websites that cover the sport here, they can't really do. It's not their market. They're a news-breaking industry. Um, Auto Action still do it to an extent in print form, which is great. Um, but there was a niche there to do that. And then we wanted to have a bit of fun and we wanted to offer some analysis but keep it semi-lighthearted. So we do our power rankings after every touring car round which is cool and um we're going to expand that to the shannon's rounds and arg categories this year as well so every round our hot and not list will come out after every event and we'll sort of pick apart the weekend and try and have some fun as well some of the best social media content collated all together in a single column and we've been doing that for esports stuff as well and it's gone really well so it's it's sort of it's been a funny little story about how it's just grown a life of its own but we think we found a niche that no one else is doing and we don't want to compete. I'm not interested in doing news. Don't want to break stories. It, it, there are too many good people in our game already doing that. So I'm happy with where we're at. Just build our audience and have some fun along the way. And if it can value add the other work I'm doing, like writing S5000 stories, then 100% will do that as well. I'm looking forward to some of our traditional Friday night barbecue and beers at Shannon's events, uh, seeing whether they land in the hot or not oh, section. Oh, well, Rally, I tell you, the Indian Grand Prix from last year, I don't know if you've talked about that on the podcast. No, we have but not. That was, this, is, this is the Indian Grand Prix's debut. Let's talk about that. Well, it was a terrific evening. Uh, we, we were in switch, I think, on the Saturday night of the Car Sales TCR Australia rounds. Um, a gathering of notable and semi-notable media identities, um, Indian food. And uh, a night on the on the PlayStation, which was just ter- tremendous. And um, I chucked it away. I, I binned it at the last minute. Did I lose to Van Leeuwen? No, I think you lost to young Slade Perrins. He, Slade Perrins. I he did. was he's yeah. super quick, but he was he's also like seventeen years old or something yeah, so silly he, like that. He's, so he's got the got the skills. Um, but no, terrific. That would have been straight into the top five of the hot list. And that that, but. In all seriousness, that's what the sport is about for me. And and I'm missing going to the racetrack. Yes, I'm missing calling racing. I'm missing the sights and sounds. And I'm missing the fantastic people in the paddock you go and catch up with. But it, it's the stuff outside of that that I also am missing through this. The opportunity to, to go out and grab a feed with some of your colleagues or get together and have some takeaway and play PlayStation and talk about car racing and have some fun over a couple of quiet beverages and really enjoy those events and and it should be an enjoyable thing it's an awesome sport we have so much fun very very serious at times and justifiably so but it's the fun side of it that that i'm really missing 
personally at the moment, and that's the bit I really can't wait. So I think it's guaranteed they'll go into the uh, into the hot list, Grant, for sure. <laughs> Well, mate, we're going racing soon, you know, whether it's in two months, whether it's in four months, it's going to come around and, and, and we can't wait to get back in and, and see what, uh, and, and see some real, real race cars. As much as we'd like the online stuff and, and, you know, that virtual racing, it'll be nice to hear, see, feel that real race cars again. So, mate, we're going to leave you. Thanks, mate. Uh, Tony, quick one from me. When, when was the last time you drove an open wheeler and have you petitioned grant for a skid in a s5000 at some point no i haven't yet and the last open wheel that i did drive was besides the f3 car on uh the online racing uh which didn't go well by the way um, no no noted <laughs> was formula ford yeah that's right that's as much open wheel racing that i've done so i would actually be keen to jump in the s5000 they do scare me a bit but uh i would definitely be interested to have a little bit of a play I think you should. I reckon that would be good. Oh, well, you talk a, to your uh, people. I'll talk to mine and we'll make it happen, all right? I like it. Like <laughs> it. Good plan. Richard Crail, thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. Thanks, boys. Fun to be on. Okay, there we go. We just spoke to Richard Crail, Tony, and uh, legendary bloke. Mm. Great caller as well. You know, a lot of people know Richard as, when I think of Richard, I always think him of as the Formula 3 commentator, you know, making his way up and doing the media stuff for those guys. But yeah, he's gone on to um, work at some incredible events and for some, you know, big ticket items. He calls the entire Bathurst 12 hour. Yeah. Uh, works for the 10 network doing the Grand Prix coverage as well. Yeah, he's a... Grow uh, Cup. He's been at Carrera Cup now. He uh, he's definitely likes to keep himself busy. But he's just a great guy, and he loves motorsport. He's super passionate about it, and he's entertaining. So when he's calling a race, uh, even if there's nothing going on in the race, he still makes uh, makes some um, makes the race really entertaining for the people listening at home. So really good guy to have on the show. We've had uh, Tim Slade. Uh, obviously, he's driving. Uh, with DJ Team Penske this year, he's my teammate, team uh, co-driver mate, as uh, as we say. So great to have him on board, and also to speak with Luke and Jack Clava from SimWorks. Those boys are super busy, as we've mentioned, and uh, you know, a little family-run business there. But they've got such a good product out there that it's sort of the the go-to in many aspects of uh, sim racing. So. Thanks, boys, for coming on board uh, for our episode uh, t- today. Episode number seven. Lucky number seven. Number seven. Oh, actually, now, lucky number seven. That was a uh, that was a sponsor for Slady back in the day. It was actually, yeah. We should have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, we should have thought about that about an hour ago. No, 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 no. We're well and truly done. Don't worry about it. We are done, but we do have. We had a giveaways last week. Who we won? Had giveaway. Well, I'm about to announce exactly who won. So, what was it again that they won? So we had uh, we had two stubby holders and yep. a belt. Of course, this is our trash, mm-hmm. your treasure. Yep. It's stuff stuff that uh, if I don't give away, that my wife's going to throw it out oh, anyway. Yeah. So um, you're just trying to get in the good books, though. A little bit, and I will do anything it takes to get into those good books. So we've got we've got two stubby holders. Maybe start by doing the dishes and a Nissan belt. I. Yeah, okay, damn it, good point. <laughs> and uh, we've chucked in a couple of posters as well, a S5000 poster and a TCR Asia-Pacific Cup poster 
that we had planned to give away so many of them at the Australian Grand Prix, but uh, we only got one day to do that. I reckon if we get up to episode 400, you'll still have 4,000 to give away. So <laughs> yeah, each week, everybody's going to get one of those posters. No, each week, everyone's going to get 15 of these 15, posters. 15, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so the winner for this week is Jonathan Zifovich, who uh, put together some nice words and told us why he should have our trash instead of uh, us having our trash. So, so the posters would help brighten up my work from home office, the stubby holders will keep my work from home drinks cool, and the belt will keep my work from home diet from letting my pants fall down. Nice. Absolute classic. The belt will definitely help you do that. Uh, the stubby coolers will do uh, some stuff as well. And the posters will brighten up your toilet. So um, <laughs> for this week, we've got, what we got two, three, four new prizes, plus some of these posters uh, that we're going to give away to. So we've got a Michelin hat. We've got a Stanley hat. So the Stanley Fat Max hat, I think I got from... A a, jo a video job that I was doing at the at the MCG for Stanley, where they were pretend they were going to give away a million dollars if you opened up these three cases. If you opened, they had twenty toolboxes there, and if you opened up the three right boxes, you would win a million dollars. This guy was absolutely sweating, like I've never seen a man sweat before. He didn't win the million dollars, but it was kind of cool to yeah. go through. I filmed and edited all the emotion and the, the drama that was building up to it. He did not pick one of the boxes that Did had he get it. a hat at least? He got uh, he got a, he got some I think he got five thousand dollars worth oh, of right tools. So he okay. didn't leave empty handed and they sent him to the footy for that night as well. Uh, so we've got a Michelin hat as well. So these are the exact hats that Tony and his fellow car sales TCR Australia series drivers get when they stand on the podium. Mm. So that's that. So they're kind of cool and kind of rare as well. You can't buy those hats. They're yep. they're something that you only get if you win a Michelin supported event. So I think Porsche Carrera Cup is mm -hmm. also one of the classes that that win those. I've chucked in a copy of the two thousand and six annual, which was a book that I used to produce. Uh, and Aaron Noonan through the V eight Sleuth site is actually selling some of these at the moment. So if you don't win. You can go buy one and... What are they going for? I don't know how much Aaron's selling. I think yeah. he might be selling them for 20 bucks each, I reckon. I reckon yeah, he's selling so. them for 20 bucks. They would have been sold for twenty about $25 back in the day, 2006. Yeah, nice. We've got a couple of the posters as well because we've got 100,000 of those to give away. Plus, here's something super special. Here is when I was working at Nissan, Norton was one of the supporters and... They used to do these activations where you could uh, stand next to one of the Nissan show cars and get your photo taken, uh, maybe with some of the Norton girls, or you could hold tires Norton or Hornets. Wheel, wheel guns. Yeah, there are Norton Hornets. Look, there's the big, there's the big Hornet. Yeah, I've got a story about the Norton Hornet, but we'll we'll save that for next week. Okay. So you could go and get your photo taken, and this photo has. Uh, it has Michael Caruso, it's got Todd Kelly, it's got Rick Kelly, it's got James Moffat hanging out the back there. It's also got two of the co-drivers in, Taz Douglas and Dino Fiorio. Yeah. So uh, this was uh, Do we kind have to give cool. that away? Um, well, we don't have to, but I've started talking about it, so it would be rude to say, mm. let's, um, 
let's not give that away now. Fair enough. But that so, is a cool little prize, that one. I like that. So that's that. from 2014. I reckon that's the year that James and Taz finished on the podium at Bathurst in that uh, unbelievable yep. 1,000 won by Chaz Mostert and Paul Morris and uh, through the smoke, through the haze and... Um, yeah, the lunchtime break. They finished on the podium. So that's a that's a cool little uh, memento. So more free stuff and the only way you can get it is on the Parked Up Podcast Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash Parked Up Podcast. Just tell us why you want our trash mm. and it can be your treasure. Yeah, come on guys. We, we've got some really cool stuff to give away. And we want to try and get that engagement. So tell us who you want to speak to next week, all right? We really need to know. I say this every single week, and the only person that actually texts me or sends me a message is my dad. So thank you, dad. But we would like to get a little bit more, uh, a few more options happening and really want to speak to the people that you want to hear from during this period. So Your dad's actually very good. He comes up with some extremely good ideas. Yes. We're going to have to put him on the He's book He's a clever man. As a producer or something. Maybe we could just have a chat with him. I think we will. Maybe we'll do an doing. all dad issue. We'll speak to. Uh, we'll get my old man on the phone, and he can uh, he can tell some no doubt silly stories from when I was a perfect, youngster. Perfect. Okay, no worries. Thank you, Tony. Enjoy your week. Thank you, Grant. Have a good one.